You're listening to the Mildly Controversial Podcast. My name's Mike and this is Baz. Say hello, Baz. Hello, Baz. Don't forget to like, subscribe and share. If you enjoy this, share it with your friends. If you don't like it, share it with people you hate. Coming up on this week's show. We're in a pub that dates back to the 1600s. And I just want to put that into a bit of context. When George Washington was being sworn in as the first president of the USA, this place was probably looking a bit shabby and in need of a, uh, of a refurb because it had been open a hundred years. One hundred years. Yeah. It had been open a century by the time the USA had its first official president. We're going to go through a little game that I'm calling Your Hometown is Shitter Than My Hometown. Okay. I love the fact that both of us, when we've heard, when we've heard the name Paul Radcliffe, both of us, our minds have not gone to multiple gold medals, yeah, records, uh, yeah. world record in the marathon. Our minds haven't got to that. Our minds have got to once she went to the toilet on the side of the street in the middle of a marathon. But I'd be more memorable than most of her achievements. Because both our mics are going through the same audio channel, we just need to make sure that we don't both say something really interesting at the same time. Never have so far. <laughs> it hasn't happened. Two years in. <laughs> Hello, 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 and welcome to the Mildly Controversial Podcast. Um, if you're listening on the audio, you're missing out, because me and Baz are together in the same room again. Um, we're actually in Baz's hometown, and we're at a pub. Not just a pub. Well, come on to that, Baz. <laughs> we're in a pub, and um, the interesting thing is that um, the pub isn't open yet, and this podcast was originally called The Lock-In Podcast. Because me and you was really were locked in in our virtual pub through lockdown, yeah, and and now we're having an actual lock-in, which is quite quite poetic that it's come full circle and we're back where we started. You should have said there's quite a few Kemps and pubs that have proper lock-ins. <laughs> it's definitely the first lock-in I've had before the pub. Opened. Yes, good. Um, I've still been in some pubs before the you know I've still been asleep in pubs before it opens, but I've never um, I've never turned up at a pub. To have a drink before it opens, so that's quite exciting. Um, but just, just so you know, it is going to open soon. So if there's a little bit of background noise, that's what pubs do. Yeah. Um, well, so don't worry about that. Well, that's why people are there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Somebody who knows Baz has literally just walked past, by the way, which is quite interesting. So look, if we if we see anyone, uh, if see anyone you know, Baz, um, I think the frame only includes us too. So they might have to come and sit on your knee, but they can come and have a chat to us. Won't be the first time. <laughs> Right, what are we doing here then? The first thing is that um, we've sorted out our sound problems. We had a huge amount of sound problems when we did in-person uh, podcasts. Yeah. But, um, but we've sorted it. And so, but because both our mics are going through the same audio channel, we just need to make sure that we don't both say something really interesting at the same time. It's never happened so far. <laughs> it hasn't happened. Two years in. <laughs> so if it happens today, that's going to be proper bad luck, guys. As we said, we're in a pub, and it's not just any pub, Baz. Um, as you know, half of our listenership is uh, in the States and half is in the UK. Uh, the UK will kind of understand what I'm about to say. Okay. But I think this might blow the tiny minds of the Americans. Do it. We're in a pub that dates back to the 1600s. And I don't mean like four o'clock in the afternoon. I mean the year 1600. Do you what, know? What was that, Eve? What date is it? I don't know. Uh, Mark, what's the exact date in the 1600s? I'm got it. Don't worry. <laughs> Just, okay, okay, so, so, so I could jump in. So the, man, the, the manager's good. It's all right, Baz has done your work for you. I mean, 
I don't want to slag him off too much. He's let us in his pub and let us do the podcast, but that's yeah, piss poor uh, research. So officially goes back to 1692. 1692. It's actually listed as December the 7th. I don't know how they had that... It was listed then. Well, that's... Um, anyway, uh, before we go anywhere, Baz, cheers. Cheers. Good stuff. Well done. Um, Drinking at a pub. Oh. Um, well, yeah, going back to the pub, um, it's in the, like, 1600s. I mean, that is nuts. So just, I want to put that into context for the people... <laughs> Actually, I do need to correct this out, because as ever, I've made a mistake. Oh, you made a mistake. Yeah, I've looked at the listing on here in terms of the council. Ignore what I said. Okay. It wasn't 1692. I've just read it as 1962, so that is obviously a different beat. <laughs> anyway, it's 1600s for sure. <laughs> it's, it, it's some date in the 1600s of which we can't be sure exactly, but it is the 1600s. And I just want to put that into a bit of context. Um, so for our American listeners, of which there are many, um, the context is that when George Washington was being sworn in as the first president of the USA, this place was probably looking a bit shabby and in need of a, uh, of a refurb. Because it had been open a hundred years. One hundred years. Yeah. It had been open a century <laughs> by the time the USA had its first official president. Now, that's bad. In George Washington. That's that just bad. puts that into context. It's nuts, isn't it? And, but when I say that the, there's, um, the listeners that are from the UK will understand this because the town that I'm from, uh, Bury, just north of Manchester, has uh, also has a pub that dates back to the 1600s. And what's that called? So it's, it's called the Two Tubs in Bury. And it's... So it's... It's, it's not common, but it's also not like, look, a, 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 any building from the 1600s in the States would be a museum. It wouldn't be a pub. You wouldn't be in here having a drink. Let's face it, you wouldn't sit in here, so you'd be no doubt a high rise. There are. I did, I did do a bit of research. <laughs> I did a bit of research into uh, like what life was like in the 1600s in the States. Uh, basically, there was just loads of settlements of different groups of foreigners. So there, was, uh, there were English settlers, there was um, French, there was Spanish. Um, but one interesting fact is that um, Harvard, you know, you might need to be careful without moving your mic away from your drink when you take a drink because both I can't isolate you. <laughs> if if Buzz's clinking of his ice was very loud, there's nothing I can do about it. Sound of a pub, <laughs> yeah, pub, pub sound effects. Um, so yeah, um, when I looked at what life was like in the 1600s in the States, uh, Harvard University was started in the 1600s. Very prestigious, yeah. Um, absolutely. It was just a school, I think, at the time. Um, I didn't do too much research into it because that would have been a professional podcaster thing to do. Isn't it really still just a school? <laughs> it's just a school for older kids yeah. who are posh and rich. Yeah, I think. A money school. Roughly. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, now that puts this place into 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 context which is i think in this country we're quite spoiled with history yeah um we have some for a start <laughs> but like i say it, a building from the 1600s would be a tourist attraction you'd have to you'd have to pay to get in and there'd be a gift shop and all that kind of stuff in the states and all yeah. that i would suspect but, so had we done some research you would know the oldest building in america yeah well i well i had a look at it yeah. and um, clearly um, the oldest building in America was way before that. It was uh, because, funnily enough, <laughs> there were already some people there, Baz. Yeah. Do you want to go here? Right. It turns out, when, when these settlers went over to the States, there was already some people living there. We won't go into too much detail on that, because I don't think they were too kind to them when they got there, so we'll uh, we'll gloss over that a little bit. Yeah, we'll just put a batter on, get rid of the word mildly on this next bit. <laughs> No, I think I think we just skirted along the edge of mildly the boat. But yeah, I don't think anyone could deny there were people there when they got there. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, the, the oldest building in America is 
Perfect. Carry on. There's a, there's a motorbike going past the mirror, which is good. Pop sounds again. Pop sound effects. Um, loud motorcycle. Um, well, yeah, like I said, the, uh, the oldest building in the States is very, very old. But when I started to look at what are the most notable historical buildings in the States, a load of stuff came up from the 1800s. Um, and I told my wife this, and she told me that when she was growing up, she lived in a house from the 1800s. Yeah. So again, it's just gonna, we are really spoiled with, uh, with, uh, with history that it's, there's just loads of it around. Bit of context, House of Curry living, 1800s cottage. House of Moving to, 1600 College. Jesus, Baz, it's almost like this was, this was planned. Um, and when I say it's almost like it, this was planned, Clearly, we don't do enough preparation for it to have actually been planned. So that's a massive coincidence. Well, when you said it was going to be involving history, I was like, that's a lot of numbers. And as we know on this podcast, I'm not very good with numbers or anything. You're not very good. Yeah. Well, thanks. <laughs> You're still on your probationary period two years in, Buzz. The other thing is, like, so it's not just a, a, a British thing, this whole thing of us being spoiled by, uh, by history. Yeah. I remember going to, uh, going to Rome. And clearly, Rome has got a shitload of really old stuff. Um, and, you know, there's the other Colosseum and, and, and all that kind of stuff. I remember uh, we, uh, I was going to a conference and I was in a taxi. Um, and we went past this thing. There was just clearly a, this Roman building. But it had, like, moss and weeds and stuff grow, growing up the side of it. And yeah. it was fenced off. And it was, I said to the taxi driver, what's that? I was like, no idea. They've got so much. They've got they, they, they've got they've got stuff left over that in any other country or any other city in the world would that would be the tourist attraction. That's just like I don't know. That's some some shit that was left over from thousands of years ago. They have been quite good because most of these things, because I've been around as well, they've they've got plaque plaque uh, plaques up. You know, explain what they are. But they're really kind of just they have made a, like you say they have made a big deal. It's just like a board that says this building has been here since. Well, before before Christ, <laughs> no, it's mad, isn't it? Do you know what? It's probably been there since Roman times. <laughs> yes, it probably has. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, we should sort of uh, like not gloss over the fact that one of the things that's really mad about it is a lot of these buildings are still, yeah, particularly Rome, those things are still stood up, right, even though they're not in their entirety. And yeah, so these places, like these places, were built to last. I mean, I know that's an obvious thing. To yeah, say, but yeah, well. I mean, we get quite obviously because we're like these days we're quite technical, technologically advanced, which is much easier to do than say. <laughs> um, well, yeah, because we are so advanced, we just assume that people like hundred years ago or two hundred years ago were all pretty thick. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then, like five hundred years ago, they built this place. Yeah. Or four hundred years ago, whatever. Can't be asked with the math. <laughs> <laughs> Even at this time. Yeah, but it wasn't done. Uh, it wasn't given. The, the, the contract wasn't given to the uh, person putting the cheapest price in to do for the for, yeah for next to nothing, just to, just to win the job. It was done with. All these places were built without cost. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the big places in this country, palaces and castles, were built without cost in mind. Yeah, and it was the best of everything. Whereas like modern houses, like cheapest cheapest material, you can you can bang up the quickest. Do you reckon in the sixteen hundreds they they were thinking about building this place and they went like, what's your time scale on finishing it? I was like, cool, what are we on now? 1600s, yeah. It's probably not going to be properly finished till like 2023. <laughs> and then we might tinker with it and put more bits on. Yes, exactly. So, it's like, I love the fact that they, they've got no idea 
clearly, yeah. they had no idea at the time that the place would still be standing and still be being used all these years later. Well, I believe it's still the same now, because you know, when, you, when you get a new build in this country, quite often you're going to move and it's not even finished when you get there. <laughs> exactly. No, it is, like I say, we are, we are kind of, if, if you came into this book, you would think, yeah, it's old, but like I say, we're spoiled in this country. That we just, you, you don't kind of, you don't sit back and just kind of really take in how old it is. No. Um, but there is a there is a guy I spotted at the end of the bar there that um, I think he's been in here since the open it to be fair. <laughs> in, uh, in, uh, it looks like it anyway. Um, obviously, Baz, we are in your hometown. Yep. Um, we've also done a podcast from my hometown previously. We have yeah. Um So our podcast being our podcast, Baz, I think the next step is basically to uh, to find out whose hometown is better, um, and and that. I thought of that as I had like whose hometown is better. It just doesn't doesn't feel like the way we phrase things on this podcast. No. So we're gonna go through a little game that I'm calling Your Hometown is Shitter Than My Hometown. Okay. Right? <laughs> I think that's that fits more into what we do, doesn't it? So the way this is gonna work, um and I say it's gonna work, I've I've no fucking idea if it's gonna work or not. Not for the first time. Um, it probably won't, but the way this is supposed to work is is a bit like Top Trumps. Now, um, I don't know if anybody who's watching or listening outside of the UK knows what Top Trumps is, but basically, you pull a card out with a number of stats on it and you've got to beat the other person. So we're going to do that, Baz. We are going to do that with um, famous people from each of our hometowns. So... So we're looking at famous people. Am I representing Bedford and you're representing... You're representing Bedford and I'm representing Berry. A uh, a town just north of Manchester. Yeah, you could tell we discussed this on the car on the way over, going. Yeah, exactly. Like, we're, <laughs> so we're both getting uh, devices out to have a look at a list of things. So the first one, right? That's, so I'll go first, um, and I might go big. To I tell you what, there's only one place I can start. That's go on because um, this again seems like it's scripted and seems like it's planned. Yeah, but people who watch and listen to us know. That we don't do that much preparation, so or in my case, any. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, so it's obvious that this is purely by chance. But I'm going to start with somebody who was born in Berry a long time ago, and this, bearing in mind the research that I did on the 1600s <laughs> that we've talked through, Baz. Yep. Let me first go with a person called Henry Dunster. Never was, heard of him, obviously. Was born in Berry. The dates of his uh, his life, 1609 to 1659. Right. And he was the first president of Harvard College. Ties up nicely. How? You say, it ties up yeah, so it. nicely. I've done no research and I've luckily fell on this thing. Unbelievable, <laughs> Baz. When I was like, I'd never heard of it. Like, I'm I'm proudly from This Berry. is what you do. You literally happen upon this. Oh, I'm just so lucky because I'm... Um, I, I knew a lot of them, but there's a load of them I didn't know. Um, but but yeah, this one. Henry Dunster was the first president of Harvard College, and he came from Berry, and he emigrated to Massachusetts in 1640. That is nuts. That is nuts, the coincidence that had just happened there. You, presumably there's pubs as old as this in Berry, so he would have probably been one into one. I told one you that already. you're not concentrating. No, no, I've been I too busy researching. <laughs> The two tubs in Berry. So th- here we go, right? <laughs> We're in a pub from the 1600s in Bedford. We mentioned that that is roughly when Harvard College began. 
I mentioned that there is a pub in Bury that has been there since the 1600s. How amazing is it to think that there's just the slightest possibility that Henry Dunster had a couple of pints in the two tubs, or the Globe Inn, as it was called at the time, yeah. before emigrating to Massachusetts and becoming the first president of Harvard College. That has blown my tiny little mind, Baz. Yeah, I mean, you've gone straight to the top there with, like, someone... Go on, then. Like I say, we're playing top trumps, so I've gone with Henry Dunster, the first president of Harvard College, who's from Bury. Who have you got from Bedford, Baz? Who, who, who are you going up against uh, well, it's, Henry Dunster with? He's a little-no character. Um... So it's uh, it's John Bunyan. I mean, have you heard of John Bunyan? I've heard of Bunyans. <laughs> so John Bunyan, the writer of Pilgrim's Pil- Pil- Progress, lived in uh, Bedford, Missouri, around about uh, 1628 to 1688. We, we've got proper old school. I think we've got caught up a bit too much in uh, this 1600. Well, it would have been hard to count uh, like like someone of stature of your, your Harvard University man with someone who played sport. So I didn't think I'd go that way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we got it heavy in. But I think the connection is, I mean, I, as far as I can tell, Bunyan's got no connection with America. But he might have had a pint in this pub. And that's the view There's a very, very good Dutchman might have had a pint in the two tubs in Berry, and uh, Bunyan might have had a pint in here. Not according to Wikipedia, but we can, we can, just, well, we can well, write our own facts, aren't we? Can. If you don't go long enough, Mark might write some old Wikipedia that says he was in here for a pint. So, anyway, um, okay, so we're gonna um, uh, we're gonna have to come to a consensus, boss, on who wins that one. Yeah, well, I, I mean, but Bunyan's arguably more well known across the world, but I think the connection to Harvard probably is a bit too good. I've literally never heard of Bunyan, but I've never heard of uh, your man uh, Henry Dunster either. But... Yeah, John Bunyan's a very famous man in terms of Pilgrim's Progress. Okay. I don't even know what that is, but you just like maybe I'm just not target audience for your for your stat. Anyway, I'm going to claim that one. That's one nil to me. Right, right where your turn to go. And the, the, the thing about this is that for those people who do play top trumps, is that if Baz comes out with a corker, I might save some of my best ones to last. Yeah, it's a proper strategy game. This Baz. I want to go for a shout out for someone who was uh, sort of formerly famous, not so much now. Paul Radcliffe, the runner. Paula Radcliffe. Paula Radcliffe. Radcliffe, sorry, is is a is a Bedford um, alumni. That's what we call them, isn't it? I think it is. Very famous for stopping mid-race to have a piss, as we know. Uh, and a poo. Oh, it was a poo, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it's diarrhea. Corrected, so, so yes. Uh, <laughs> I love the fact that both of us, when we've heard, when we've heard the name Paula Radcliffe, both of us, our minds have not gone to multiple gold gold medals, yeah, records, um, yeah. world record in the marathon. Our minds haven't gone to that. Our minds have gone to. Once she went to the toilet on the side of the street in the middle of a marathon. But I'd be more memorable than most of her achievements. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah exactly. Right. Um, I'm going to um, I'm going to come back with something on uh, Paula Radcliffe because I'm going to use it as evidence as to why mine be sure. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm going to not in a race, I presume. Get up with. <laughs> I don't think I've got anyone who could uh, beat Paula Radcliffe in a race. I've got some sportsmen, so maybe... Uh, yeah, racing driver, go on. <laughs> no, 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 I've got some sportsmen, so maybe uh, someone in a sprint, but not in the long distance. So, um, I'm going to come out with... Let's. Get, I'm going to stay historical, Baz. Go on. Um, Sir Robert Peel. Yes. He's a former Prime Minister of uh, the United Kingdom and uh, founder of the modern police force. 
Yeah, that's where it fell down in terms so, of like how good it was. Yeah, <laughs> police around the world, in fact. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. So, um, but yeah, that, that's why I'm keeping this little stat in my or this little uh, anecdote about Paul Radcliffe in my back pocket. Did he ever stop and have a poo in the street though? That's the, the, that's the big one. I, I think he probably would have arrested Paul Radcliffe if he'd seen her doing it. But the thing about Paula Radcliffe that I'm going to say is that I remember seeing her in a major world event. She was in. She was leading, and then she started to tire. And then, once she started to tire, she went down to second place. Yep. Then she went down to third place. Yep. And when the person behind her overtook her, and she would go into fourth place, yep. she quit. Oh, right. Sounds about right. I was furious. <laughs> I don't care how elite a sport sports person yep. or an elite an athlete you are, quitting because you can't finish in the top three disrespects everybody else in that race wow disrespects everybody else in that race if you just think well if i'm not good enough for the top three it's not worth bothering if everyone thought like that paula radcliffe would be racing against two people every time there you go look at you being dissing her <laughs> i hope she's not in by the way <laughs> i don't think she's been in bed for a while <laughs> I, think I think she's long moved on yeah it's, like, it's that whole thing it's like yeah she's from bedford why did she ever leave because she found the bus station <laughs> Just walked. <laughs> Dude, fully ran. She, she escaped by uh, by her feet. So, uh, so what do you reckon, uh, Bass? Well, what are we saying? Depends on what categorising it. I mean, you know, are we saying the most famous person? Like, I think it has to be. I think it has to go on that rather than... Uh, there would be many people that would, like, disturbingly would never have heard of Robert Peel. There would be many people yeah. on this day today. I think they might be aware of his work. Yeah. And some of them like, can you imagine, disgruntled about his work as well. Can you imagine if he hadn't have started the police force, which was replicated around the world, as you rightly pointed out, Bax, <laughs> um, the uh, the whole world would be the lawless society that we had in the 1600s. Oh, it's ahead of the track, yeah, it? back to that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never mentioned the 1600s so much in my entire life. Well, look, I'm going to give you the vote on this one because obviously I'd, I'd be very much in favour of Paul Radcliffe. Um, do you know what? If it wasn't for the poo thing and for the quitting after dropping to fourth place, I'd have agreed with you. Yeah, I might. I might find some more facts about Robert Peel for next time we have a chat. <laughs> but do you know what? But the, the reason I'm gonna like the, the reason I'm gonna steal that and say it's two nil to me is that um, Peel's achievements, obviously, like whether you like the police or not, it, it would be yeah, it would be like Armageddon without the police. Yeah, um, but it's it's also because. You and I immediately thought when we heard Paula Radcliffe of a pooing in the street. So the the fame and the most famous she thing she did is go to the toilet in the street. I would suggest that establishing a police force that is replicated around the world and established a law abiding uh, society, uh, society yeah. across the world is more significant than having a dog in the gutter. There'd be lots of people that would, that would that would disagree with you on that, but I think it's your podcast. We'll go with you. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Uh, we've, we've got one vote each, but mine's the casting vote. So I could literally just say, "Right, it's ten nil to me. Let's just carry on having it." Oh no, there's, I've got one. Right, that's right. It's it's my turn to go first. Then, yeah. All right. I'm going to go with um, film director Danny Boyle. Oh, yeah, good. Like Danny Boyle, and I've got a lovely story about Danny Boyle. But I'll wait until I see what you've got. Well, you'll do. You'll do well on this one. Captain Tom. 
Oh, can't see. So, so that's going the other way. That's oh, sort of the charity big... fraudster. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Sorry, that's not mildly controversial, is it? <laughs> I think you you, can, you can't accuse him of being a captain of the force. Sorry. I'm just I'm just throwing stuff at yours to try and discredit them. This is a this is a. This is a one against one competition. I've got a fiercely competitive. I got the heartstrings over skilled director and maker of fine movies, and a maker of one of my favourite films as well. Yeah, which, which one? Uh, I, I really love Yesterday, even though it's, it's quite a modern thing. Uh, it's a great film. Would it surprise you, Buzz, to say that I haven't seen Yesterday, even though even though it was uh, directed by a film director born in the same hospital as me? <laughs> from from your hotel. Shows my loyalties, doesn't it? But you must have seen State. A Danny Boyle. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen, um, I've seen Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. That's a good one. What other ones did he do? Uh, I think he did 147 Hours. Was that no. One? Oh yeah, the one about the guy, the guy trapped. Yeah. Um, did he do? Oh, I want to say Life of Pi, but that just sounds too obvious. No. Uh, are you connected to the internet, Buzz? <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, far be it from me to actually do some preparation for this podcast. If we if we both sit still, this will be seamless. Yeah, exactly. I think no, no, by doing this, I'm only punishing myself because I hate editing and I'm going to have to edit that big long pause. Oh, so I did uh, just a large percentage to his film time. It was 127 hours. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, uh, this is going to make us look a little bit like we don't care. Uh, Train's point. Oh, <laughs> hey, that is literally sorry, everybody. <laughs> that is literally one of my favourite films. Can I blame lack of sleep and um, and eighty percent of one pint of might be alcoholic, might not be alcoholic lager? I think we can just blame it down to lack. Train's point, phenomenal film. Yeah, oh, I knew he was his. I just complained. Yeah, it's just like my brain's not working today. So what we so we comparing to uh, to Major Tom, aren't oh, Captain Tom? In fact, Captain Tom. Let me let me. Um, let me throw some more evidence in. Okay. About uh, it's going to be a tough on this. About Danny Boyle, and uh, Danny Boyle, despite the fact he is a an Oscar-winning film director, he's very down to earth, working class background. Um, he he was in, he, he often uh, when he's in back in the Berry area, he often drinks in the uh, the working men's club that his dad goes to a lot. Yeah. And there's a story, which is true, about when he went in there after Slumdog Millionaire um, to visit his dad. And somebody at the bar jokingly said to him, Oh, have you got the Oscar with you? He reached down into an Asda shopping bag and pulled out the Oscar and the Golden Globe for Slumdog Millionaire that he'd wandered down the street with in an Asda carrier bag. To the working men's club. Yeah. I think that's genius. Yeah. In fairness, like if you refer back to an older episode that we've recorded, we also had a BAFTA. It was a, it was a BAFTA. We had a BAFTA winner, yes. We've had a BAFTA yeah. winner all the show. Barry. She's on my list, mate. Don't. <laughs> Too closely connected. <laughs> you should have said. I've got someone on my list who's been on the podcast today. She's got to get bonus points for that when I bring her out. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll have to bring her out who she wants. Okay. So we've got. Um, Okay, so we're saying Danny Boyle, Oscar and Golden Globe winning film director yep. of films very famous like Slumdog Millionaire and um, Trainspoint. Who could forget that Danny Boyle was the director? Yeah, Trainspoint. Yeah, I didn't have my outing the person, would he? <laughs> <laughs> Shh. 
So yeah, okay. <laughs> no one would have noticed that, Baz. Um, okay, so, so so what we're saying, Baz? Uh, we'll have got the case forward for Captain Tom. How does how does Captain Tom beat a down to earth, working class boy done good, um, director of some magnificent films that are so memorable nobody could ever forget them? Probably thirty nine million reasons. Okay. Yeah. So this was the uh, this was the, the the total sum in the end that he that he raised by yeah. uh, doing his 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 not so marathon walks but up and down his garden yeah. just prior to just before his uh, his hundredth birthday. Yeah. So uh, this was always during you know, the lockdown and uh, he wanted to raise a thousand pounds for it before his hundredth birthday. Yeah. Uh, the total that happened in the end because he went viral and various other things. Uh, so essentially, the total raised by his war past 30 million, and by the time the campaign closed at the end of the day, it increased over 32.79, and then when you add in all the expected tax rebates, to 39 million pounds. I mean... 39 million quid. That's possibly one of the largest sums that any single person's ever raised, like, on their own. I mean, he's passed away now. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, possibly. Um, so, uh, my immediate thoughts on that are, um, his... Um, he's sheer predicting how much he's going to raise. Yep. Considering he's going to raise a grand and ended up raising thirty nine million, um, and uh, how much did he put in? Oh well, I mean, uh, not eighths. I should imagine probably yards that he put in there. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure he contributed that much to the thirty nine million. <laughs> I'd suggest the uh, the thirty nine million was down to. I think you've got to struggle to pull on him. To be fair, <laughs> I mean, Danny Moore was a great shell, but in the in the in the world of kind of like how many people have heard it, like. Captain Tom across the world at that point was ridiculous as well. And he was a sweet old man. And he had a really, really kind of uh, good history of like, you know, of his life, which I won't go into now. But he, he was like a war hero and shit, wasn't he? Yeah. And, you know, and, and, no, I'm pretty sure it's not, like, I'm pretty sure on his obituary he wasn't phrased as a war hero and shit. I think he was yeah. fully in more. I didn't know. Really, and he probably had the word charity as well, I could imagine. And Trinity, hold on. For all that's like. <laughs> There are rumours about the cherry, by the way. That's all. If he wouldn't have been here, he'll go that. He was dead by the floor. He'll be spinning in his grave about that. Um, all right, Buzz, I'm going to concede that one to you just to make it interesting. So there's two. Well, oh, it's you. You're leading this one now. Okay, look. So this is this is probably one aimed more Americans. Uh, and this just a fact, literally, I've found out today. And you might not know him, uh, which doesn't surprise me, because he's a TV. He's a he's a host of. Of a late night chat show on HBO, saying John Oliver. I'm a massive fan of John Oliver. Brilliant. I'm a huge, huge fan of John Oliver. Bedford. Didn't wow. I've only li- I don't know. No, no. Me either. <laughs> Was it last last week tonight? It's called it's or something called last week. Yeah, 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 no, I watch it a lot. So, so many viral clips come off that because obviously yeah, we both use yeah. social media. He crops up daily with me. Yeah, and that followed anything, but obviously these comes very viral. So yeah, yeah, it's John Oliver, completely out of the bloom. Um, yeah, Bedford alumni. <laughs> Here, though, you know, I, I might, I might have to like look. I, I, as I say, I am a huge fan of uh, John Oliver's work, so I might have to tactically. You, you know, like I'm, you know, like on top trumps when someone lays down something, you know, you can't beat it. Yeah, you just throw one of the shit cards out of your hand. I think I'm going to have to do that, Buzz. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with. Sorry, just a quick one before you do that. Yeah. Educated and essential as I went to, which is a surprise because not many people come out of that school. Well, I'm surprised. Um, I was going to say some surprise is still standing, but that joke doesn't work when we're assigned a pub that dates back to the 1600s. Um, okay, I'm going to throw 
I'm going to throw one away, Baz, that I've got, mainly because I don't care <laughs> about her. Um, Cherie Blair. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. For those that don't know, uh, Cherie Blair is the wife of former Prime Minister Tony Blair. Anthony Warren. And yes. everybody's heard of Tony Blair, even them lot in America. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, more so probably now, as I think he lives there now and operates out of America. Yeah, well, he was, you know, he he, he did quite a lot of stuff. In fairness, yeah, I mean, she really would never have been a, a known person if not for him. So she's kind of like a, yeah. a hanger on, a string, a, a string, a tie by string. She's got a, a bit of a creepy clown smile as well. <laughs> so this is why I'm throwing her. This is why I'm throwing her away as a as a card that can't be yours. So well, well and then I think as well if you if you order like John Oliver, then I mean it's probably one of those things. That yeah, no, exactly. As soon as you had John Oliver, I was like, yeah, that, you've won that one. So let's say, it, mate, it's it's top Trump strategy. Yeah, uh, you've come in with a whopper card. You'd so this is like we're playing top Trumps with footballers, Baz, and you've thrown in Ronaldo, and I've gone. Ah, can't be that. So I've thrown in Harry Maguire. Okay. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I've just got rid of him. I've I got think rid- that your gap is way bigger than my gap. <laughs> I've, I've, got, I've got rid of him. Got rid of him just to, uh, you know, just just so that you have him and I don't. And so think, that's what I've done with Sherry Blair. The nice thing about this is neither of us make apology to anybody who supports Harry Maguire because nobody does. No. He's shit. Do you know what? Um, and it's like, um, I don't know when this is going to go out, but there was an England game a couple of days ago. Uh, last night, I say a couple of times. <laughs> Honestly, I fly from Ireland fast, but because I have to get up so early in the morning, I get proper jet lag and I lose yeah. like time and dates. And exactly what it it is. was literally last night, and I watched the game. Time zones, that's what it is for you, isn't it? Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, there was a match last night, England won 2 1 against Italy. Brilliant, brilliant result. Harry Maguire for England. Uh, this is getting a bit serious. No, 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 it's fine. Briefly, Harry Maguire for England never puts a foot wrong. I was saying this to my son last night. Yeah, I was saying he's garbage for uh, for United, yeah. but never puts a foot wrong for England. So you can't drop him yeah. anyway. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm throwing Sheree Blair. You can have that. It's two two. Right, I've got, I'm going to go in now. I've got to decide whether I go with another one of my big big hitters or um, yeah, you're quite tactical. So I, I don't know how you're going to do this. Right. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with an actual. Um, an actual personal friend of mine. Oh, uh, Mr. Gary Neville. And <laughs> can I throw in Phil and Tracy on the same I, card as well? well? Can you throw in Neville Neville as well? Because that's my favourite Neville. Neville Neville, yeah. For those that don't know, like, um, yeah, look, I'll explain. Gary Neville is a Manchester United footballer, uh, a former Manchester United footballer, now widely regarded as one of the best footballers yeah, yeah. on, on TV, uh, talking about football. Um, Huge number of caps for England uh, and, you know, represented them for years and years and years, um, despite being not that good a footballer. Um, and, and I say that from a personal yeah. way. I know. I, I went to school with him. I was friends with him for a long time. And um, I know f- three footballers our school even that were better than him. Right, okay. But it's just that he applied himself better than everyone else. Yeah. When, he, when we got to, like, 16, 17, we... Went off, I mean, a few drinks at the weekend and stuff. Yeah. He was all orange juice, focus, and just there, determined. Yeah. And fair play, he's got massive achievements. Um, so, yeah, that's Gary Neville. Um, his younger siblings are twins, um, Phil Neville and Tracy Neville. Not identical in case anyone's wondering. No, just like... <laughs> that's for me, baby. <laughs> I was going to go somewhere I really can't go with the mildly controversial here, but... Um, Tracy Neville... 
was also hugely successful. She was a uh, England international at netball yeah. and uh, is the former coach of the England netball team. Yeah. Phil Neville, again, this is... A, this, I thought well, you were going to do the joke that played for everyone. These parents have got only got three kids, yeah. right? One of them is Gary Neville, yeah. that I've already explained his career. Uh, the other one is uh, Tracy Neville, has spent her career. Philip Neville also played for Manchester United and, and Everton and England, is currently... Here's one for the Americans who've not heard of all that kind of stuff. Is uh, is currently the head coach uh, into Miami in the MLS. There you go. Yeah. See how I brought it around. Very good. Yes. Did you see how I brought it around to the half of our listenership that we lost when we started talking about football. Yeah. Soccer, by the way. <laughs> um, it's not called that. I was just translating them. Um. So, so yeah. That's what I'm coming up. With. I'm, I'm throwing three. I'm throwing three of one with that because I, I, I could use them individually because they are three yeah, yeah, yeah. strong ones. But I'm gonna I'm gonna throw them all together in the same ticket. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what have you got, Baz? So I'm the same thing. I mean, I, I I'm not one of these. Uh, as you know, I'm not a very serious football sport. I support Tottenham Hotspur football team in England. Um, so obviously, I don't have any rights on being the, the next bird football. But uh, so. In, Someone who I'm pretty sure we played for them, but also we're in Kempston, all besides the part of Bedford. This Kiwi Republic in Kempston, I live in Kempston. Uh, international player, very short career, but also played for the Premier League clubs. A chap called Callum Davenport. He's not going to win. Okay. He's not going to win against the, the name. The name rings a bell. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he, but he's, so he's, yeah, he's a local lad. Literally played in this town and then went on to have a. I'm pretty sure we played for England possibly once. Or not. I don't but yeah, obviously he's not in the same league as our Devils. But got to give him a shout because we're in Kempston. That's the main reason um, played here. So anyway, yeah, so I could give you a list of. Oh yeah, so we did play for Tottenham. So we played for Coventry, Tottenham, West Ham, Southampton, Norwich, West Ham, Walford, Sunderland, Wooden Blue, Wooden Blue Cross. There, oh, that's the local time. Elstow Abbey and Tavistock. Well, there you go. So uh, and he did play for England here under the twenty zone twenty. You've gone uh, how many caps for England? Uh, well, one for under 19 is one for under 20. So the very low number is eight for England. Still, eight for England? Yeah. I had no idea. No. I had no idea. Anyway, look, so um, I don't think there's any argument that um, Gary Phil and Tracy Neville um, and Neville for comedy value just because of his because uh, of his name. Yeah. And beat Callum down the ball. But I like what you've done. So you've not, I mean, you have thrown in a sherry blair yeah yeah which is which i think that is now what this is going to be called throwing in a sherry blair <laughs> you basically discarded one of your not so good ones but i like the fact you did it and it was relevant because it was football and relevant also because we are sat in the plating from exactly. so actually yeah, he's i like that a lot he's one, but, one of the locals yeah i like that a lot but it doesn't all in the fact that it's three so uh, i'm gonna throw in somebody that um a lot of people do know carol vorderman ah <laughs> Which I thought was quite interesting, more, more than anything else. Um, Well-known mathematician from Countdown. Absolutely. Um, she's uh, she's more known recently for for being, and this sounds very sensitive, but being staying in great shape for a woman of her age, right? This is her sort of current theme. I'm sure she's won a bum of the year on numerous occasions. I mean, when you say staying, Buzz, she has had work done, but she's had very good work done. Oh, good, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, she, she, she looks better now than she did 30 years they ago on, uh, on Countdown. It's a bit of a shame that we're not sat here wearing me wearing my Berry T-shirt. I, I do have the T-shirt that says Berry, the town just north of Manchester, and you've got a T-shirt that says Bedford is not shit. Yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, so I think this is our little opportunity to prove 
that Bev Finder is not shit. <laughs> Carol Vorderman's a good one. Yeah, that's a very good one. I'm I mean, I don't know how well she's known outside of the UK, but certainly as a as a, as a UK representative at Bedford, particularly, I think she's quite enough. Fine. There's, uh, I mean, there's half of our listenership who are just going to have to bear with us on some of these. Google uh, it. I beat because we are talking <laughs> about uh, people in this country. So, um, I mean, we can't continue to go with world famous people. Yes, um, from the towns that we're from. Um, okay, so yeah, uh, Carol Vorderman, that's a strong shout, mate. Um, bearing in mind, we've only got one each. After this, I might, I, I'm, I'm trying to think where I can go with this. Um, yeah, not, not, not you super Trump or do you Sherry Blair? Not going to lie, I think they come out to throw a Sherry Blair in there. I'm going to go with mine is uh, loads of people off Coronation Street, <laughs> and I mean loads of people. Yes. Do you want to hear the list? Yeah, I do actually because right. they're chronological because I bet it goes back they're, years. They're, they're not chronological, but um, but I've got character names rather than real. Names, oh yeah, that's so a can't be yeah. asked. Um, so we've got Fizz, uh, Leanne Battersby, Sophie Webster, Rosie Webster, um, who is Hel- Helen Flanagan, by the way. Yeah. But you're probably aware of her. Um, ones I've never heard of are Amy, Molly, Katie, Angie. Yep. Um, Anthony Cotton, I don't yeah. know his character name. And, uh, oh, well, I nearly said Zach Dingle, but he's not. Uh, do you know what? I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to uh, broaden it from Corrie, right? I'm going to go into Emmerdale as well, because we've got Zach Dingle. Uh, Debbie, who is apparently Kane and Charity's daughter. Uh, Lisa Riley, who's Mandy Dingle, and also famous for um, uh, You've Been Framed. That's it, yes. <laughs> I actually know Lisa. But do you? I say no. I haven't seen her for years, but we used to uh, we used to mix in the same circles. She's uh, I think she's a year or two younger than me. Um, so, yeah, all of those, um, all of those soap stars which will mean nothing to half of our audience in the States. There you go. But the half in the UK will uh, will understand what I'm talking about. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that those soaps do go global, aren't they? Are global. I mean, there is like a you know UK TV channel yeah. and things. It is every country. Nobody, nobody will know those. So, yeah, I've, I've basically thrown... Just Coronation Street. I've basically <laughs> thrown one, two, three, four, five... I've thrown about ten in there. I've just got rid of my ten worst cards and thrown them at you because Carol Vorderman wins. So, the, I'm right in thinking Coronation Street is set... Is it set? Manchester is it's supposed it's to be... Set in Salford. Salford, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Quite Which, enough, it? Um, just to be picky, because I am a picky man. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, a lot of people think Salford is in Manchester. Salford is a city. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is enclosed by the Manchester grew round, round it. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like an enclave. Yeah. It's a little island in the middle. <laughs> it's a little... If you want to know what island was, go back to a previous episode. <laughs> it's not an island, Buzz. It's not separated from yeah, the mainland. We've been through this. <laughs> It's, a, it's like it's called an enclave. Yes. Um, yeah. All right, then, Buzz. I'm going to concede that one to you. Carol Vorderman wins. So that's three all. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no. For the big team effort there. Yeah, yeah. No, that's three all. Um, okay. So we've got two left, Buzz. I'm, no, no, all right. This is my last, my last lead off. Good. I'm going to lie, Buzz. I'm struggling. Uh, there are lots of names, but I'm trying to pick a big one and I can't see one. Well, you might have to go footballer against footballer if you want to end it that way. But, but then we've done footballers. We've done quite a few no, footballers. No, no, I think... Oh, okay. Okay. We'll, we'll go footballer against football. I like that. Yeah. I like that finish, Baz. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, this person is um, is basically my son's hero. It might be wine as well. <laughs> and the reason that he's my son's hero is because he plays for he's from the village that we're from yep not even just the town yep. he's from the one well, of the he's from the village that we used to live in um 
and he went to school the same school as both of my nephews so there's a real close tie yeah um we are newcastle fans and this player plays for newcastle he's the club captain in newcastle yeah and i once took my son my, the only game my son has ever seen at newcastle we took it i took him to a night match at st james's park and this player scored the winner from a free kick and it topped her. This was a birthday treat for my son. And it, I could not have scripted it any better. <laughs> and this player is Mr. Kieran Trippier. Yeah. Again, another England international. Current international, played last night. Current international. Um, an incredible player. Um, Newcastle's captain and one of their best players. And just a, a brilliant, brilliant footballer. Uh, former Spurs That's why uh, player, like, yeah. he was good for us. Yeah, a, a former Spurs player. And we do have some listeners and some viewers in, in Spain as well. Uh, won La Liga with um, Atletico Madrid. He did, yeah. Um, and yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's a down-to-earth kid. And um, he had that long... Like I say, when that moment, when I took my son for his birthday treat to St. James's Park to watch that match and someone from the village that we lived in scored the winner under the lights night match atmosphere everything yeah from a free kick you know what free kicks are like as well because it's like there's a massive build-up is it going to go and usually it goes nowhere near the goal yeah when it, i could not have scripted it any better so uh that that one's very very close to the heart well yeah obviously i I kind of knew he was, he, was, yeah. he was one of the best ones, and I like him as well because yeah, he's yeah. a good lad. Yeah. So I'm going to put in, so no disrespect to anybody who is a former Crystal Palace or Queen's Park Rangers boy or Everton, Fulham. I'm going to go for Mr. Andy Donson, AJ. Andy Johnson? Mainly, uh, he's the main reason. So he's born in 1981, and he was literally, so we knew his family before he was born. So I'm, I'm 13, so I was 13 when he was born. But obviously, at that point, he wasn't Andrew Johnson. He was just the Johnson two baby. He's a baby. Yes, he, he was. He was in rubbish football. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. So for me, it's quite a close thing because obviously he went on to, to have an international career. I uh, still lives locally. I think he's got businesses and stuff around here. And I've met him in the last couple of years. He's friends with a few of my friends. So he's another one. He's quite very sort of closely related to Bedford. But yeah, mainly I put him in football against footballer international. Uh, England international, but born at the end of my street, and I was, uh, and I remember him being born. So that for me is my little thing of there. It's, it's more of a history thing that may he's love, better than you. Should be called very, very close to home to finish. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and a nice lad as well. I met him a few times. So, but I don't think we can <laughs> <laughs> footballer versus football lad um, in terms of impact and career and things like that. I, yes. Yeah. Um, I, he was he was a great footballer. He played for Everton as well, didn't he? He did for a long yeah. time. Yeah, but he didn't ever play for Tottenham. So. Trippy is there. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. He didn't play for Tottenham and he didn't win La Liga and he didn't score a goal in a World Cup semi final like Kieran Trippy did. Just a, I forgot that bit. Just a little tiny story, and you, this one I'll make you more. I was working on the door in town when Crystal Palace got uh, promoted to the Premiership. Yeah. And one of his friends who still I know came when I was on the front door of, I think it was a wet, it wasn't a weather spoon, it was like a yeah, yeah, it was Yasis. And said, Oh, Andy's here. Yeah, they've won the, they've got promoted today. And we had a massive queue outside of it. No, I can't do it, mate. Sorry. <laughs> so he probably doesn't know that. But. Well, uh, no, no, I'll tell you what, that's a great story, Baz. And it also illustrates why Kieran Trippier outranks Andy Johnson. <laughs> yes. Because when Kieran Trippier won La Liga, I'm pretty sure he wasn't trying to get any games. <laughs> okay, so, Baz, um, 
the final one we've got, Kieran Trippier versus Andy Johnson. And I think we both know that <laughs> Kieran Trippier beats Andy Johnson. But what I do love about that, Baz, is we've got, both gone very close to home. Very close, yes. Um, you know, very close to our hearts. Yes. Um, someone you know, uh, someone who's from the same place as I'm from. So uh, it seems beautiful that we've come, uh, at the end, we've come to something very, very close to home. But undoubtedly, Kieran Trippier does beat Andy Johnson. So uh, I think that's me winning 5-3 in the end. It's a win anyway. So uh, officially, and uh, I will have to say this quietly because of where we are, but... Bedford is shitter than Berry. <laughs> I should have worn my t-shirt. <laughs> so yeah, that is uh, that is official and can no longer be denied. Yeah, as long as both of us live, Buzz. Uh, well, if they're around too. <laughs> <laughs> so um, brilliant. Listen, thank you for that. I really enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for welcoming me to uh, to your uh, hometown. Thanks to um, thanks to Mark and everybody at the King William the Fourth Pub in Kempston. Um, listen, if you are one of the half of our um, listeners and viewers who is uh, is in the States and on the off chance you are in the UK and you're visiting London, don't just stay in the centre of London. Come up to beautiful Kempston. Quaint Kempston. It's quaint Kempston. It's, it's so leafy out there, you would not believe. It's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful place. If you want to come and drink in the, uh, in the pub that we've been in today that has been here since the 1600s, then come along to Kempston and drink in the King William IV pub. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed it and um, glad to be in the same room as you again. And um, yes, uh, just to reiterate, Bedford is shitter than Berry. <laughs> we'll see you again next time. Thanks for watching. Ta-da. And listening. <laughs> Mike? Yeah? Do you think anyone's still listening? I don't know, probably not. If they are, where can they find us? Thanks for asking, Baz. That's a great question. The best way to find us is to go to the website at daddancer.co.uk forward slash podcast and the links to everything are there. <laughs> <laughs>